one showed at least at that time that Absalom um, was had great patience. He was willing to wait for what he would consider the best time and best opportunity to take revenge of his half-sister um, for what Abnon, his half-brother, had done to her. Now, throughout all of this, though, there is a strong sense that uh, Absalom had some big ambitions, that he was seeking the throne for himself. So many scholars uh, have determined that one of the reasons why he wanted to kill uh, his brother was because his brother was next in line for the throne Amnon was, and believing perhaps this will give him, that is Absalom, a better opportunity of becoming king. Now scholars uh, differ as to why David didn't do anything, because Absalom, uh, what David knew, and it was reported by Absalom. And David was extremely quiet about this. And like I said before, some scholars believe that um, it was his eldest son. He loved him. But the truth of the matter is, David loved all his children. Now, one might dispute uh, how did he love them? Did he love them equally, this, that, and the other? But I think we could make a blanket statement that he loved all of them. Now, again, getting back to why did he not do anything? A fault a, of David, a grave error, a big mistake. One thing... It seems to be consistent here, though, is that David was very concerned of a successor. Uh, Amnon may have messed up, but David may not have been too comfortable with uh, his other children succeeding him, at least at that point, and definitely he probably was more than just suspicious of Absalom. We saw that time and again, uh, how David had this propensity, that this ability to be uh, suspicious of people and with good reasons. Anyhow, uh, that is you know, somewhat um, explained and Verse 21, when King David heard that what had happened, he was very angry. And many manuscripts have it, but he did nothing about it. 
But there's something very interest, interesting. Absalom never said anything to Ammon about it. And the scripture says here that he hated Amnon deeply because of what he was done to his sister. But um, I, that was his half-sister, but his sister. And um, again, um, it leads other scholars to be very suspicious of Absalom. Uh, motive why he didn't do anything either at that time. The people are waiting for the right opportunity to try to fulfill their own uh, ambitions. Uh, those are that's a good question. Two years later, as I suggested before, you know. When Absalom's sheep was being shared at Baal Hazor near Ephraim, Absalom invited all the king's sons to come to a feast. He couldn't do that by himself, just take that, that, that type of action by himself. Verse 24 tells us he went to the king and said, My sheep sharers are now at work. Will the king and his servant please come to celebrate the occasion with me? So some people, uh, some scholars believe that this was a bit of a craftiness. Uh, he didn't really expect King David to go. Uh, but he made sure he invited him. So you see in verse 25, when David said, no, my son, if we all came, we would be too much a burden on you. Absalom pressed on, you know, but the king would not come, though he gave Absalom his blessings. Now, there's a lot of intrigue going on there. I mean, throughout David's life, there are intrigues, intrigues upon intrigue. I may as well just jump to this. It is, to me, obvious and to other people who have read this that David was avoiding having all his children, particularly his son, gathered um, and for good reason. Um, I would think David did not feel and he was correct that everything was secured in his kingdom as to who his successor would be. Now, the other thing is that um, uh, Absalom probably, probably suspected this, uh, but he went ahead and invited all of uh, David's other children. And um, as we will see later on, uh, David had very solid apprehension as to why, you know, he was kind of leery about this big family gathering. In verse 26, well then Absalom said, if you can't come, how about sending my brother Amnon with us? How about sending the heir to the throne? And they can see the suspicion with David. Why Amnon? You're kind of elevating him 
uh, you know, to, to to the king of uh, to the king of Parent, which he was to he was, but still yet. Uh, but the, at this point, David is not thinking about him as <clears throat> a substitute for him. So he's suspicious. He was suspicious. But Absalom kept pressing the king until he finally agreed <clears throat> to let all his sons attend, including Amnon. So Absalom prepared a feast fit for a king. Fit for a king there means a lot. To some degree, he was acting like if he were a king. Absalom told his men, wait until Amnon get drunk, or get tipsy, get drunk. And then, and then, kill him. Don't be afraid. I'm the one who has given the command. Take courage and do it. You see, one of the things that David was leery about, and to me it's quite clear, in giving the Absalom permission to gather all his sons, David knew that he had a tendency to act as a boss, act like he was king uh, already. Um, you know, and David knew also that um, that he would do something like that, make the assumption that if he told uh, people to kill, um, or he told his men, if he told people to kill Amnon, that they they would carry it out, and uh, he having his old family there would be tantamount of everybody agreeing to this. So at Absalom, Signal they murdered Amnon, and the other sons of the king jumped on their mules and left. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. Here's a significant part of it. And now throughout all this, one may ask, well, why did they not? you know, approach um, uh, Absalom, why didn't the other family members, the other sons, why, 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 uh, why did they not confront Absalom? Well, I, I think you will see because of Absalom's nature, and they knew well who he was. But verse 30 is what i like us to pray about tonight. As they were on their way back to Jerusalem, this report reached David. Mind you, all his sons ran away after Abnon was killed. Absalom has killed all. This is what the rumor said. Absalom has killed all the king's son. Not one is left alive. 
So obviously this was some blow, some shock, this news to David. Got up, tore his robe, threw himself to the ground. His advisor also his advice also told their clothes in horror and sorrow. But then Jonadab, the son of David's brother Shimea, arrived and said, No, don't believe that all the king's sons have been killed. It was only Abnon. Abnon was the only one killed the successor to the throne. We see all of the out of all of this, Amnon never became king. There's a lot of things that we can think about. It's, it's, it was horrible that he was murdered, but at the same time, one has to wonder whether David would have really made him king. Don't ask Absalom that. Absalom obviously believed that that was a real possibility. So let's look at a couple more things. Everybody knew, well, when I say everybody, a lot of people knew that they weren't too surprised they pulled off something like this, uh, like that, uh, Absalom, because they knew that he was plotting for two years to get revenge for Tamar. But your sons are not dead, David, only have none. Verse number 34, meanwhile Absalom escaped. Now he did that knowing all along that he could not remain where King David was. He knew that he had committed murder, a captive sin. And as much as David loved his children, he knew that it would be bad for him. So things, why do people, a couple of things, why do people do things knowing that there will be consequences? Or why do they think that they can find a way to get away with it in a sense, or in the case of Absalom, why in a sense is really challenging by this act, David. I can hear Absalom saying to him, you know, saying to people, I can hear him saying, well, uh, he raped my sister and David did nothing about it. I am going to do something about it. I'm going to show you what a king is really like. The next couple of lessons or so, we'll be going more into Absalom. And there's so much to be learned.
And always when we teach, we try to um, own and uh, emphasize some positive things. Uh, and you may say, what's positive about this story? Well, we can't control human behavior. That of Absalom, that of King David, and that of Amnon. And it's not that God is unfair and God is to see what is going on. But again, like last week, you have to see how David was so real, so much a human, yet God, not that he looked the other way, but had enough mercy always for David, someone who was always willing to give up everything and serve the Lord. It makes some of the, you know, unfortunately, as we may see, but it is not that unfortunate the sight of God, some of the um, less outstanding people as we would think be so close to God, they probably realize more than a whole lot of folk how much they need God's grace and their support, how much they are dependent on God, and how human they are in many, many ways. David was so devoted to God and so honest to himself and probably knew more than anyone else, even Nathan, the, the, the things that he was capable of doing that were not right. So we pray for each other and we continue to pray for people who struggle and that's what the word Israel mean striving to be the very best that they can be in the sight of God. And those people who are open, who are honest themselves and others, are very, very likely to be people who are close to God. But again, let us not despair. We don't seek to sin that grace may be given to us, but we live that if we should sin, God's grace is sufficient. So we have a lot more to learn as we continue in the life of David. And I encourage you to continue to share each Thursday night at 7 o'clock and invite somebody and let them know God is real.
life is real. God is always on the throne. However, he is a God of love and not of condemnation. 